welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Do you know, do you know last week I was saying about how uh, <laughs> um, the two good men get quite a hard time. I'm going to say, I'm just going to fire that out. Um, remember I was telling you about Sophie, my daughter, giving off about the fact that I supplied breakfast every morning for them? Uh, well, I was talking to my, my poor dad, and I need you to this week remember my, my poor dad, right? Because <laughs> I was talking to him, we were just talking, and I said, what's good, thank you, love. And uh, he said, you know, it was actually my mum was on the phone. I said, oh, for goodness sake, here's your father again. <laughs> this is true, true story. I said, what's he doing? For goodness sake, he's bringing me my breakfast. And I went, are you still in your bed? She said, I am still in my bed. I'm just, I'm just going to completely order here this morning. Because <laughs> I thought, Lord, there's, there's grace needed here. And I said, what's he doing? She says, he brings me tea and toast every morning in bed. Now, that's what any normal people would react to, isn't that right? Apart from our Marilyn was given off, for goodness sake, tea and toast, sick of it. I thought, so I said to my dad, isn't this, see the two good, I tell you, we've heard that. So I said to my father, I said, dad, what do you bring in my mother tea and toast for every morning? He says, well, here's the thing. I ask her to show him porridge. Maybe a wee bit of bacon fried, a wee bit of potato bread, a wee egg. And all she ever says to me, son, is no, just bring me some toast. And I said, well, she's gurning this morning about you. <laughs> And I thought to myself, isn't it, isn't it unbelievable? So hashtag pray for Vern. That's the hashtag this week, right? Either that he gets breakfast inspiration or for the two good men who clearly, no matter what we do, is not good enough for our family. You know what? You feed them and they don't like it. Frankly, I am sick. It's the second time I've heard this in a week and I thought, Lord, help me. Isn't it funny when something is... Uh, and if you thought that was just a story, you don't know me well enough yet, because with every good preacher, there is a link to what I'm actually going to say. <laughs> Isn't that right? But it did make me laugh. I'm not going to lie. I just thought, there's Big Vern, like knocking his pan in every morning. And I have to say, he was a wee bit cross when I told him. I think it caused a wee bit of division. <laughs> she said, what, son? She said, what? I said, <laughs> Do you know what my mother actually said? She went, tea and toast. Like, that's not really breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those faulty Towers fans, what do you expect to see out of a hotel bedroom in Twerky? You know, all that kind of came to mind. But there you go. Isn't it funny when you get goodness and you get love and you get appreciation? <laughs> see where I'm going with this? And we can just become a wee bit meh with it. Anybody? Isn't it funny how those who are close, I'm not saying you're doing this, mother, in case you fall out with me today. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm talking to myself here. Let's go back to Sophie. Let's use Sophie as an example. <laughs> Uh, not mother, because you're just clearly wonderful, but um, in every way possible. But the, the, the thing is, when, you know, when, there's, you know, when we're shown love at times, and the people who are closest to us and love us the most, we can take them the most for granted. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm trying not to look at the second row here, because I get the daggers. He's saying, tea and toast every morning. Sure, that's not breakfast. <laughs> I thought, Jesus, help us. But isn't it funny? I want to talk about that. I want you to close your eyes for a moment, all of you. And I'm not going to go around and pinch your purses, don't worry. Get, right, Penny, go get the wallets, right? Just kidding. <laughs> that would be funny. If you just feel a wee hand going into your... Right, right now, just for one minute, okay? I want you to think about someone who today doesn't know Jesus or is far away from Jesus, has known him at some point. And it's not now with him, walking with him, enjoying the fullness of relationship with him. 
could be someone who's really close to you. It could be someone that you love and you think about all the time. It could be someone that could be your son, your daughter. It could be your husband, wife. It could be aunts, uncles, kids. Who is it? As soon as I say that statement, who's the, who comes to your head? Who comes to your, to your mind? Okay, open your eyes again. The reason why I got you to do that is because this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about grace for all and how the Father's love redeems everything. And I just don't want to talk about it so that you feel like you have a great morning where you're, you're blessed up. You will be. When we talk about this story from the book of Luke, remember I said I was going to finish in the book of Luke? I was totally spoofing because I was still reading Luke myself. I thought, oh, here, this is a cracker story. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord start to speak to me about this story because there are people today... And if you put yourself into this story, when we come to the word, you're going to be super blessed and receive grace upon grace into your life. Amen? Okay, so who needs encouraged this morning? Who needs some life this morning? Amen, well, you're going to receive that. But more than that, one of the things that will release the grace of God in your life is when you see it in somebody else's. My greatest joy is not my breakthrough. It's when I see somebody else's breakthrough. Do you understand that? Some of us are limiting God in us by our refusal or our, our inability to see past ourselves because the devil will have you wrapped up in yourself all day long. If your eyes are on you and what you need and what everything else, you know what? That's easy play because self is a never-ending circle of just, it consumes you and there will never be enough if your eyes are on you. And, the, and what we're gonna see this morning, you need to capture, when we go to the word, we need to capture that everything the Lord does is birthed in grace, comes in grace, and it's to bring grace. It's to bring unmerited, undeserved favor into our lives and into the, the lives of those people who you had in your head this morning. You know what I believe? I believe that that person that came to your head, the Lord's speaking to them right now. Do you understand that? And that's why he said to you this morning, receive my word and then receive my heart for them and this week bring them grace. Do you understand? Because it says that at the very end, I'm gonna cut right to the very end of our story in Luke 19 today. It's the story of Zacchaeus and, and what happens is at the very end, the Lord says, and actually the, the last verse, I'm not gonna read it, so I wanna tell you it. It's because the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Right? That's why he came. Do you know that I am standing here today in my, you know, as I approach my late 30s into my 40s, okay? <laughs> Such a spoofer, spoofer. Um, because somebody somewhere, some point in my family's history extended the invitation to us to come and meet Jesus. Do you get that? My ma gets to lie in bed every day getting served tea and toast. <laughs> because she has a husband who loves Jesus and doesn't for her. Because at some point, there was somebody who captured God's heart for us to experience grace. Do you get that? And so it's not, here's the, here's the I'm gonna be really honest with you, here's the trouble that I have as soon as I start to preach this stuff. In our Northern Ireland context, and it's probably the same in any religious context, but when we have been so used to religion and we've been so used to being beaten by what are you doing? What, are you, what we need to be really careful of is that every time we hear the word and it makes us go, oh, here, hold on, that we pull out the law card and go, doesn't apply to me. Okay? Because oftentimes when we're pulling out the law card, what we're actually pulling out is the flesh card. To go, it just doesn't suit me, actually. You get that? Well, this is my starter for 10. And sometimes we've got to, we've got to grow up and we've got to grow and become more mature to understand there are times where when, when, when the word of God brings direction to us and correction to us, it brings alignment for us. Why? For the sole purpose of what? 
to make your life more difficult, no, to bring you into more grace. Always to bring you into more grace. Always to bring you into more freedom. Okay, but what the flesh does is the flesh rises up and goes, oh no, that's just a wee bit uncomfortable. Couldn't be grace if it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's utter nonsense. That's childishness. That's self. Okay, and what I find, and Penny and I were talking about it this week, you know, going, our, our, our whole I suppose our whole life really has been, you know, and I'm modeled out by my parents primarily. I'm going to big this up here now that I've painted this picture of domestic nightmareness going on, right? Is, uh, I bet you tomorrow morning you'll wake up this morning and go, did she get her toast? <laughs> See, now it's in your head. I bet you will. Go and she'll maybe text Fern. See how he's getting on. <laughs> but uh, there, there is something about, there is something about, um, like I look, when I look down here, I can see, nearly everyone who's been here because somebody asked them to. You know, the Lord didn't appear with 10,000 angels above your door, did he? Maybe he did. If he did, can you come and let us know? Because that'd be quite a cool story. Actually, Andrea was. I was just lying there and the, the whole bedroom lit up and there they were, <laughs> playing the violin. <laughs> and, but most of us are here because somebody somewhere went, listen, why don't you come? You know, when I go out to eat at a good restaurant, the very next day, I'll be telling somebody about it. No sweat. Oh, here, you should try that place. It's really good. All right? And here we are eating the best meal you could ever have, one that will feed your very soul, one that will change your life around. And I'm saying this because I believe, you know, there's a few things going to be coming up in September, but I believe that this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. And what you'll find is if you, if you, come, at, if you come at the Word, I have to come at the Word not with my Lord, I want you to say this to me. I've got to come and look at the word and go, what are you saying to me? And understand that in those moments that my flesh, okay, does not like at times what the spirit of the Lord is trying to lead me into in grace. Do you get that? So can we just be big and grown up about that today and just go, oh, terrible law preacher, that fella. Because if you hear it that way, well, I can't help you actually, you know, but it's not that. There's just grace upon grace here for you today. Are we ready to go? Luke chapter 19. And, uh, oh, flip, I better get going. In one sense, when I was thinking about this, you know that old expression, plus a change? Uh, Sam's just so French, I can't even uh, begin to stop. You know what it is? Plus a change means uh, more things change, the more they stay the same. Oh, I'm dealing with Philistines here this morning, right? Sacre bleu. And, uh, do you know, because one of the interesting things is sacre bleu means, oh my goodness, in case you think I'm swearing at you in French. Oh, we said bad words in French. The condition, here's what I want to say. The condition of the human heart has never changed no matter what's going on in the world. Do you get that? When Jesus, some of us have fallen into a trap where we go, we look at people on the outside, don't we? And we go, here, they're doing pretty well. They've got a nice wee house, a couple of nice jobs. The kids are not too mental. And, uh, you know, the, 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 they're pretty good form and all that. Do you know what I mean? All that stuff. And what we do is we, we judge that everything's okay with them. And Jesus looks at something totally different. Jesus looks at people not in terms of what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. And the thing is, the, the human condition, we cannot lose sight of this, is people need to know Jesus, right? I don't care who you are or where you're coming from. The great leveler of God's grace is simply this, is the world says this is okay and this is not, and this looks fine and this is not, but there is nothing in, the, look at the way the world is going. And I'm not a doomsday guy at all. I'm not, a, oh, it's all terrible. But the truth of it is, even look at our wee country. Here we are 30 years, when was the Good Friday Agreement signed as an example? Years ago, right? I remember it. I voted for it. I remember putting my ex on the yes, let's go. And you know today, we're as divided, as bitter, and as angry, and as unforgiving a people 
probably more so today than we were back then. Do we agree or not? It doesn't matter how much money we have, what the technology is. It doesn't matter how many holidays you take. There is something, all of that is irrelevant to what goes on on the inside of us. And that's what Jesus, Jesus came because people are desperately spiritually sick and they need a savior. Can I just say that? That might not seem very popular today, but you show me anywhere in the world where people have, got, have managed to grasp the, what is wrong with the human condition and change it. They can't. Why? Because we were made in the image of God to be in relationship with God. And until people are back in that place, they will be broken. That's not what I say. That's what the word says. And, we, do you know, and that's not a judgmental thing. I think if you ask most people and you just go under the surface a little bit, that's why people are spending money and time and effort and energy on all sorts of stuff. And itself, it never satisfies There'll always be someone with more. There'll always be someone doing something better. There'll always be this inner sense. Why? Because until the Lord renews you from the inside out, then there's always something missing. Do you get that? Let's not lose sight of that. That's what that. And actually, when you think about that, that's why the message of grace is so phenomenally scandalous. I absolutely love it. There's a lot of ambiguity right now about what the future is going to look like. Okay, the world's changing, and it's changing really fast. And, you know, some things, you know, just don't change. That, that's where, where the thing I, I've had, I've had a, you know, that just this week, the Lord's speaking to me and speaking to me and speaking to me and going, people underneath it have not changed. And I'm still the same. Hebrews 13, it says, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord is not subject to the trend of the world. You get that? He sits above it all. He is not going well, the world's going this way, then I need to adapt. He stands there astride all of history. And he says, listen, whatever, I'm not behind the curve with world events. People are trying to figure out what the future's gonna look like and all that stuff. But in Luke 2.49, he says well, something really simple. He steps into the world and he goes, I'm about my father's business. You know, some of us need to get about our father's business again. Do you understand that? Because if not, we're gonna be totally distracted and pulled from one place to the next. Oh, this is gonna happen. Interest rates are gonna do this. We're all gonna be living in a cave because we can't afford gas. Food, I don't know. We're gonna be eating, I don't know, scraps out of the bed. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna be pulled from here there. And Jesus steps into a broken world at the time and just goes, watch me and watch what I do. Learn from me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And what was that? Being about his father's business. It's the safest, most secure, most provided for, most healthy, most wholesome place you can be. It's not trying to figure out your way through life with Jesus bolted on, but right in the middle of the Father's business. And why did the Father come? Seek and save those who were lost. Did I get an amen? Oh, pastor, bless me first. Just gives a big bless me because I've just got all this stuff going on. Let me tell you something. There's something in this story this morning that will just so encourage you, all right? Because most of us, our issue is, no matter what the Lord does, we always count what is still to come. And one of the greatest things that we can do in our lives is to allow the Lord to use us to bring grace to somebody else. And I'll tell you now, you'll get way more excited about the gift of God in somebody else at times. Do you get that? Way more excited. The reason why some of us are so unhappy most of the time, and Lord, will you do, and will you break through, and I'm just waiting, is because we have not seen the Lord use us in the way that he wants to use us to bring grace to those who really are sick. I love it. I absolutely love it. Think of the kids. Think of the generations to come. 
Think of the people who are sick today who are going to walk in healing. Think of the people today who have got generations in their family of lack and unemployment and all sorts of stuff where the Spirit of the Lord moves and they move into new levels of breakthrough and freedom and wholeness. And you think about what, oh man. I don't know about you, I want to do that. You people are all lovely, but I don't want to serve you my whole life by just serving you up great stuff every Sunday. Do you get that? I want to see you walk in to the fullness of God's call on your life, which is to, you know, whatever is, the thing is, whatever is going on with you, it, in one way, it doesn't matter. It's the gift of God in you. Do you know the most broken people sometimes are the most effective people? Why? Because they know it's not about them and it's all about his gift within them. I was listening to Pastor Prince this week and he was talking about when he was a kid and such a bad stammer that he had right? Even up into, through his teens and stuff like that. And the man now is a preaching machine, preaching the gospel of grace, you know, to a whole world, right? And at some point, I, I honestly, I felt the Lord say this, at some point he could have discounted himself and gone, I can't do it because I can't speak. Do you get that? There's many of you now going, well, I can't do this because I have this. And all I want to say is every time you think that way, your eyes are on you and not on the one who wants to work through you itself. But there's such a brilliant, there's, is this okay? Oh, just give us some blessing. Oh, we don't do that, do we? Oh, okay, take that out of the video. <laughs> there we go, nightmare. So let's get cracking, right? So let's go to Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read this. And I, 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 You're going to be encouraged for you. Either put yourself into the story or put somebody else into the story. And uh, let's see what the Lord says to you. Because this, this, this story this morning shows us that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Do you know what our next season is, I believe, for the rest of this year? is that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. I am absolutely convinced for the future of this church and for the future of the gospel of grace in this country, it needs a group of people who go, you know what? I will reach beyond myself to those who are sick so that they might come into wholeness. Do you get that? And in that act of going... Because I, I have been totally captive. I don't know about you. I've been obviously reading through Luke because that's what we've been doing. You probably, if you've been reading the Bible, I don't know what you've been reading. But one of the, the interesting things for me is you cannot, you cannot separate the gospel of God's grace from the mission to reach the world. Because the gospel of grace is the mission to reach the world. And in reaching the world, you are filled to overflowing yourself. You get that? filled it overflowing some of us just don't believe it though I just need I just need can I just tell you everything you need is already done for you get your eyes off yourself and on the one who saved you so let's look at it and um, we'll, we'll read it now because I am um, you know this story of Zacchaeus is a really interesting one because it's simultaneously really simple we all know it um, and it's profoundly challenging, a bit like the word in every way. But it's a beautiful picture of Jesus, his work for us. And today it's a beautiful reminder of what we, I feel the Lord is saying, align yourself to. So let's read uh, in Luke 19, 1 to 6. If we could put that up, that'd be great. Uh, he entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. I have this thought, right? See, when you read wee bits of the Bible there, it goes, they... He entered Jericho and was passing through. What do you, did you just go, that's brilliant? Must have been just on a wee trip somewhere. Awesome. Because I, I was in a pen this week. I was going, I had this moment of reading this and going, see the disciples, 
See when they were called. Where, where did the disciples see all the miracles? Where did they see the biggest impact that Jesus was having? Where was it? Was it on the beach where they were called or was it somewhere else? It was on the road. It's something really simple. I read that and went, they were on the move. They weren't sitting still. You hear me? If they had been saved, Jesus, when he called them on, the, on that beach, if you take Peter and Andrew as an example and brought them, he didn't say, right, I'm just going to teach. I'm going to sit here and teach you and bless you and we'll hope to God that other people will hear. What he did was, as he called them, he sent them. But every breakthrough and every miracle that they saw was when they were on the move. I guess what I'm trying to say to you is, if you want to see your miracle, get on the move. Because it's not going to look what you think it's like. Right? And everywhere they went in moving, they were still sitting at the feet of Jesus receiving. But there was a dynamism and a movement to what they were doing. Grace was on the move. He came to seek and to save. To seek to save. So he enters Jericho. That means he was coming from somewhere and he was going somewhere. Anyway, that's what goes through my head. And there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector, one of them, a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. So there's two things about Zacchaeus we need to know. Number one, he had high position and he had all the resources that he possibly could have needed, okay? Uh, think about that for your own life. Position and resource. Two of the things that drive people to do what they do in their work, in their whatever, resource and, and, and position. And he was seeking to, to see who Jesus was. So despite the fact that he has all this, there's something on the inside of him that's just not. You don't see it when you look with the outside. You just see position and you see money, but you don't see what's going on in here. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. He was a wee man. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. That's Jesus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Now, this, this is brilliant. Let me just tell you, put, put yourself in the... You know, when, when you read these stories, right, you can put yourself right into them, into the narrative, and it unlocks different things that you can see. So if you were Zacchaeus, right, let me, maybe you don't want to put yourself into Zacchaeus's, in Zacchaeus's shoes. Maybe it's the person that you thought about today who doesn't know the Lord. Let's put them into the story, because Zacchaeus was a horrible wee man. Like, we, we kind of skip over this stuff going, we sanitize the word of God, right? His sins, you know the stuff that, that he did wrong? It wasn't like he... You know those people in your life who, who just keep making a mess, but they're kind of like bouncing off one thing to the next? They're kind of like accidentally crazy. Do you know what I mean? You know those people where you go, what were they thinking? Those, but there's nothing bad. You'd say there's nothing bad about them in the sense that they're not kind of like setting out to hurt anyone, but you just go, how's their life like that? Like, what are they thinking? Anyone? Mm, not sure. I have loads of people like that. I'm not going to tell you who they are, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't look at anyone now because you go, he's talking about her, all right? But what happens is this. You know, everything he did was premeditated and it was public. He ripped people off. I hate being ripped off. It's one, anyone. Do you know when I go to eat somewhere and you get a wee, you go, was that it? Seriously? Four ninety five for that? <laughs> anyone? You know what I mean? You go... I wouldn't fill a hole in my tooth. Serving that up for. And the chips are extra. Why? Oh. I hate that feeling of 
I hate that feeling of paying for something and walking away going, anyone? Right, so Penny would be the kind of person that, that could serve you up. If I went and ordered something and they served me a bowl of pedigree chum, Penny would go, don't say anything. <laughs> just eat it and enjoy it. I said, take a jelly off it and just wolf it into you. <laughs> That's what I'm married to, I promise you. That's dog food for anyone else who's watching online. Honestly. We have this thing where I'll, I, there's some, something rises up, it's called justice, and I go... <laughs> And I look at Penny and she looks at me and she goes, don't, don't say it. I'm going, I can't, I can't walk. And then I justify by going, how's their business going to improve unless they get my feedback? You know all that? The way you can justify anything by going, I'm actually helping them by telling them that they're stingy so-and-sos. Anyway, I hate being ripped off. Absolutely hate it. I hate that. It's so unjust. You know what I mean? Anyway, I digress. So tax collectors did this. They ripped people off. No, that feeling of being. So you imagine the angst towards this guy. Like, see, like, with a sandwich, it's not too bad. Although it's bad enough, right? But you imagine when you are, in those days, no social security, no big safety nets. And there's the guy living in all of his finery, in the big house, in the fancy whatevers, right? Driving the big car. No, he wouldn't have been driving, but driving the big horse and uh, whatever they had in those days and the big chariot and whatever. And, you know, and you're doing without. You don't know how you're going to feed your kids, right? Literally, you don't know how you're going to feed your kids when you're knocking your pan in and he's taking it all. Can you imagine? Just feel like that. Because these sins were biggies. And he was hated by people. He, do you know what made it worse? He was one of their own. He was one of their own, right? He was a Jew, employed by an occupying power. And he was a chief ta tax collector. He wasn't even like one of the normal tax collectors who were bad enough. He was the one, he was, you know, this was interesting, he ripped off the other tax collectors. I mean, what, it's the pits, isn't it? All right? How could he do that? I think that, in re I think when I see a, a server of particular stature coming my way, you know what I mean? Someone who likes his grub and he pour, serves me up something. So I go, how can you do that? Look at us, we know that there's more than this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, we should be connecting here. You wouldn't eat them, that amount of chips. You've eaten more chips than that by the look of you. Come on, help me out. So when it's one of your own, it's even worse. So he's this sort of canny, worldwide, worldly-wise, fagin type, right? He's, but, so he's got all that going on, but you know what's going on the inside of him? He's lonely, he's rejected, he's despised, and he doesn't belong. Now, don't be too quick to judge him. Because when I look at Zacchaeus, all we see is brokenness. Brokenness may look different in your life today. The manifestation of brokenness may look different. But what's common to everyone is that we're broken in some way. We've been renewed in our spirits forever, pure and holy. That's the gift of God's grace. There's lots of stuff we're working out though, isn't there? Anybody? And whilst God has done that work in our lives, we still see the effects of brokenness. And so... All I see there is on the outside, a wee man who's broken, despite everything. You know, all the stuff that's annoying about him, but he's broken. I, I think here, he probably had wee man syndrome too. I mean, do, do you know what I mean? No wee man syndrome. Two TVs. I'm going to knock your melting. Do you, do you know what I mean, wee man syndrome? I don't suffer from that being 6'1". You know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't have that. But he has to have a wee man syndrome because when there's a crowd, he has to climb up a tree. I think that's an important detail because it tells you something about his mindset. 
I think he was a fighter. I think he was, I'm going to show you. That's why he got to where he was. So the, this picture of this horrible wee thief who steals, abuses, and extorts everyone around him. Now, what happens here? Now, you might be thinking, that person that come into your mind today might not be any of those things, right? But I think Jesus, in here, we see the picture of brokenness painted clear. But the point is, it's brokenness. Now, what does Jesus do? Jesus always takes the initiative. See, today in, in your life and with the people that you love, Jesus takes the initiative. We have in our mind that it's our job to get people to the place where they give their lives to Christ. Do you get that? That's Jesus' work. It's not your work. You won't save anyone. Do you get that? All you do is you bring them to Jesus and Jesus does his work. You ask them to come to Jesus and let him do the work of grace. Take the pressure off yourself today to go, I've got to see these people saved. No, you don't. You'll never will. And in fact, it's not your work. It's his work. Because Jesus here says in the story, you know, like to be fair to Zacchaeus, he doesn't do anything to warrant attention. You know, I, I've, I've told you this loads of times in the old side prophetic meetings, orange t-shirts. I can <laughs> see that person, right? Right. Pick me, you know, give me a word. And, uh, but Zacchaeus doesn't try to manipulate here in any way. But there's something going on in him. It didn't look like it. And people probably would have judged. I bet you the crowd that are following Jesus there would have looked at Zacchaeus and went, he'll never be interested. What would he be interested for? He's a dirty whatever. He's got everything he needs anyway. Jesus isn't for him. Now, listen to me. This is where you're going to be encouraged because there's still this pull in Zacchaeus' life. I want, to, I want to tell you this, right? Have a look at what, and you really need to tune in to me here because this is how outrageous God's grace is. This is how you know that the people that God put in your heart today and have had close to your heart that the Lord is speaking to them and calling them and pulling them, he is already working even though you can't see it. But what he asks is that you partner with him to see grace come to them. Because that's why you were called. Because look at this. But look, look what Jesus does. Zacchaeus doesn't pray. Right? He doesn't repent. The initiative all belongs to Jesus. What does Jesus do? Jesus, it says three things, right? He sees him. He calls. He looks for him. And he calls him. So whenever Jesus is walking through, he, he looks for Zacchaeus. He sees Zacchaeus and he calls him. Why? Because he knows him. Think what it would have been like in those crowds. You probably today would go, are you serious? You're looking past me for that guy? You know, that's what sometimes we do. Lord, I, don't look past me, Lord. I need. There would have been people in that crowd who were sick and in need. You know that? And what happens is sometimes we go, Lord, you can't look past me to look for them. Because if you're looking at them, you're not looking at me. Do you get that? I imagine the crowd would have been really, I mean, you start to see what happens in the crowd. I can imagine that many of them weren't happy. Probably some of them grumbled. Actually, Jesus doesn't care for what the crowd thinks. He's on a mission. What? Luke 2.49. He's on his father's business. Now, what happens is this. Whenever somebody is confronted with Jesus in all of their brokenness, rejection, and all the rest of it. You see, we're not told that Zacchaeus was a basket case. We're just told that there was something on the outside that we couldn't see, but it was our longing on the inside. And what happens as soon as, like, I, I love this, okay? 
It's like what happens when brokenness collides with grace? Because it says in verse 6, he hurried down and received him joyfully. Can you imagine here? How, how long had it been since Zacchaeus had had a visitor even? He had sacrificed everything for personal gain, for money, for advancement. But look at what happens when a broken, selfish life collides with and encounters the God of grace. It says in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Hold on. Did you, read, did you hear what I just said there? What one moment of grace will do in your life and in somebody else's life is way more than a lifetime of judgment and condemnation and finger pointing. L look at it. Look at it with me. Jesus' starting point with him was not to condemn. It wasn't to judge. He also didn't excuse the sin as well and say it's okay because this is not lawlessness we're talking about. But what Jesus understood was there was an internal drawing and need in Zacchaeus because he was just like anybody else, created by God for God. So he knew that that was going on. In some people, it's deeper than others, but it still happens. Why? Because we're created for truth. And that's why we need to see things as Jesus does. And in that moment, where people are introduced to the God of grace and love and favor. In that instant, there is more that happens inside Zacchaeus than has happened in his whole life. Grace transforms him. Do you get that? It's interesting that it's with money. Let me talk about that. Because, you know, we, we, we start to bang on about balance. Let me, before I talk about the money thing, don't we? We kind of go, people need some balance. They need, uh, you know... We want to see lives renewed. We want to see living right. We want to see strong families and relationships. We want to see generous people. But how we get there is probably where Exchange Church is different. Because I believe we get there by introducing people to the God of grace, who will love them into change. Do you get that? Because in this one moment, you see grace completely transforms. It's about money. It's really interesting. This is one of the toughest of subjects, even for Christians. Because why? It's at the very root of what we trust and what we build our lives around. But look what happens when grace collides with his brokenness. You see, the law would have demanded more from Zacchaeus than he could ever give. That's why people are turned away from church in their droves today because there is a demand on them for things that they can never bring. Do you get that? God knows life's tough enough, isn't it? Look at the challenges we all have collectively here today. This is not some kind of hippie kumbaya commune where we kind of just float around and, and life doesn't touch us. You know, we all have challenges. We all face difficulties. We all have mountains in our lives. I understand that full well. But the thing is, once you put demand on top of that from the God who made people, and it becomes overbearing. That's why I believe in this church. Do you understand that? That's why I believe that God has brought you here. Because in this place, we have the opportunity to bring people as they are and unequivocally say, sit your backside down there and let the Lord love on you. And he will do the work in you. Our job is to provide the space, to provide the invite, to give you the cup of tea, to love you and to serve you. But God will do his work in you and you and your children will be changed forever. Amen. Amen. I love it. 
You see, p- people are dealing with enough fear, isolation, the way to worry. What's the future look like? Kids, job, lack, meaning, purpose. Flipping, Nora. That was just me this morning before I got here. And uh, so I, I, don't, I don't need more, any more burdens. This whole series has just been about bur- lifting the burdens, hasn't it? But I, I need the one who takes the burdens away. And this is where in, in Romans 2, 4, it says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God leads us to change. But what's really interesting here, I just want to say this one last thing, is the law will always demand that which we cannot provide. But God planted this church in Belfast, Northern Ireland, so that people would know, first and foremost, that before they do anything for the Lord, he loved them first. No matter where they are today, he loves them. No matter what they have been into, he loves them. No matter where they've been and who they've been with, he loves them. God will change and bring people, okay, to repentance so that their lives are changed, so that their children are changed, so that their families and their homes are changed. He will do that work in them as they receive grace upon grace. And our job is simply what? It's to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, no matter where we go, and extend that hand of grace. Listen to me, folks. They saw the miracles as they went. Now, look at this. I, I, I love this. The, the, and I, I want to help you this morning as well. If there's an area of brokenness in your life this morning that you carry with you, and you've never seen a breakthrough in, and you, it's, it's hard, right? That I love here with Zacchaeus is that the very thing that enslaved... What was it that enslaved Zacchaeus? Well, I think he was rejected. I think that he... Um, had a, a deep need for stuff. I think that he um, was probably desperately insecure. I joked about the little man syndrome. I think he was rejected. He was isolated. He didn't belong. He probably felt very lonely. Uh, lots and lots of stuff going on. But what, had, what, he, what you might go, well, he did that himself. Slap it up, you big rat. All right? The thing, what did he enslave himself for is probably what I'm asking. He sacrificed his reputation, his family, and everything else for money and for position. And those things then became a prison for him and enslaved him. Isn't that right? So whenever you give your life to something, it'll soon, if it's not what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in you, it will own you. It'll, it'll enslave you. Money's a great example, or lack, or the fear of not having enough. That can become a prison. And what's really interesting here is the very thing that enslaved him. I love this. The very thing he had sold his life out for was the very thing that when grace collided with it, he was set free from in a moment. I guess what I'm trying to say to you is this. When you think about your own life and other people's, you might think they are this, they're that. I mean, this is the issue. We define people by what the issues are and where they're not, you know, the lack or what they're not doing. In a moment of grace, he can totally change that around and free them from the very thing that's held them for so long. Isn't that cool? Because all of a sudden, Zacchaeus lives with a freedom. That's why like, I give my money and I give fourfold and all that kind of stuff. wasn't like, like an Oprah, Oprah, you have a car, you have a car. You know, that kind of stuff, do you know what I mean? And you have a car, let's all have cars. If you don't watch Oprah, I don't watch Oprah. But I've seen her do that, you know that when she has the crowd and she goes, we're all having cars. No? Have you not seen that? 
oh, you need to look at it. It was hilarious. And everyone goes, ah, we're getting cars. And she gives cars to everyone in the audience. I don't think it was one of those moments, right? You have a, I don't think Zacchaeus was doing that. I think what I'm trying to say to you is, okay, right now, see the thing that binds people and binds you at times. A moment of God's grace, a moment of his kindness, a moment of his love will break the power of the thing that has held people for years and they've given their lives for. Isn't that good news? Or we could just go, hello, isn't it great, brilliant, how's the kids, marvelous, and let people go through lives struggling to find the freedom that a moment of grace brings. I have been so stirred by this this week because I believe that God has put in you, every single one of you, his gift of grace, not so that you can fight your little battles bit by bit so you feel better, so that you can be used by the Spirit of God to bring life and bring freedom to those today who are broken. And in that, you will find more life than you have ever dreamed of. It will break stuff in you that you have struggled with for years. You see this moment of God's grace with Zacchaeus? We see in an instant why Jesus came. It was to take the brokenness of people's lives and to transform it by what? By law, regulation, do this. No, because he, he never could have lived up to it. But a moment of, I see you, I know you, I call you. Boom. Zacchaeus' life turned around. And nobody, and here's the thing. Can we have different eyes exchange, church? Because the crowd didn't see it. The crowd bought into the same narrative that the world bought into. Sure, he's got some dough. Sure, he's all right. Sure, he's this. Sure, he's that. Sure, he's the other. And the Lord looked totally differently. And went, I see the brokenness and I want to heal the brokenness. Oh man. I think I'm preaching good this morning. I think I am. I'm going to finish though. I guess, you know, for me, it's like, I, I believe that there are the people just in your heart this morning that the Lord is setting them up for an, a grace encounter. And he's doing it quicker than what you think they think he is. Can I say this? I think the Lord in many of those situations is waiting on you. Now if you hear heaviness in that, just go, that's the flesh. You're not being asked to save anyone. But the Lord's asking you to go. To go. And just be available for those moments of, of, his, of his grace. There's, there's nothing here in anybody else. There's nothing, you know, nobody did anything other than bring them to Jesus. He was positioned to receive. I love this. And what we say is grace produces more change, more freedom, more life, more hope, more future in just a moment than a lifetime of performance and judgment will ever do. And that's why I love it. That's why I love this church. That's why I love what we're called for. Last things I'm going to say. Has this been okay this morning? Yeah. Do you, do you, listen, do you, do you get a sense of what the Lord's saying? I get excited. Do you know what I get excited? Like Davy McKenzie's not here. I was just going to, you know, because I always give Davy a hard time because he looks like he's going to knock my melt in, right? <laughs> he's sitting there like that there. Right? He looks like one of them alpacas. <laughs> I'm only saying that because he's not here. It was a great story from last week. All true. Somebody said, is that story true? Of course it's true. Do you think I make stuff up? And... Uh, <laughs> But you know what's interesting for me? Like, I don't want to, you know, point, point anyone out. But I love the fact that last Sunday, I get back off my holidays, and he's standing on the stage. Anyone knows Davy's background? We all know, 
right? Stand on the stage leading the church in worship. Is there anything better than that? Is there, honestly, a life transformed by God's grace. Him and Mary, we love them to death, don't we? We just love them to bits. You know what's really interesting for me when we were around our holidays? Emma Gowdy's here, right? Because Emma, don't look so surprised. You mean you are here? It's like, <laughs> me? Know the other Emma Gowdy, right? But Emma, I think you came to exchange because Marilyn invited you, right? Now, here's the thing. Do you know what cracks me up? We're sitting in France, and Yvonne Gray, who we went to go and visit, and, and Yvonne, if you're watching, we love you to bits. Hope you're well. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you, hopefully at the end of the month, uh, September, rather. But I was going, Yvonne, tell us your story, which is a, a belter of a story, what God's, what God's done her. But how did you get here? Well, actually, I, I bumped into, it seems to be Sainsbury's. I bumped into Emma Gowdy in Sainsbury's. And she just invited me along. Now, Yvonne will tell her own story when she comes over here, but fibromyalgia, could hardly get out of bed, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And now she's working like four men in a wee lad in France, serving that village where she's put with a joy in her step and whatever. Why? Because Emma Gowdy invited her to come and encounter grace. Do you see how it works? One person extends their life to another person, to another person. And we all take it for granted because you're sitting here, but it was the power of the invite to come to that place where the Lord could love you. I love it. Isn't that cool? Church, the crowd were scandalized by this. I'm just going to say one thing to the... Verse 7. They all gossip. They all talk. The crowd are scandalized. Why? Because Jesus says this thing. In verse 9 he says, well, they're scandalized, number one. Why? Because it was all about them. And the Lord steps in and goes, no, I want him, right? They didn't realize that in reaching that far, he reached them all. And he calls, he calls him a son of Abraham. He calls him, verse nine, I think it is. He says, this guy's a son of Abraham. That was basically like slapping religion in the face. A son of Abraham meant he's just like you and me. I love this. He looks at, the Lord looks at people and goes, Son of Abraham, there's two things. Number one, a son of Abraham means that you can be part of the covenant, right? But a son of Abraham means that you're an heir to all the promises that were written to Abraham. What does that mean for your guys? Use people today. Have hope in your heart today. They're not excluded. They're not too far away. They haven't gone so far that they cannot be reached. It's not okay. They are sons and daughters of Abraham. What that means is every promise that I wrote through the gospel of grace, through faith righteousness, remember, from Abraham down, faith righteousness, every promise in there is theirs too. They just come and receive. That's so good, isn't it? You worried about your kids today? They're sons of Abraham. Every promise written over their life is yes and amen. Bring them to the place where they encounter that truth. Some of us just need to go right. Some of us, it's just a decision. I, I just love it. I hope you don't mind me saying that today. You're in Sainsbury's. Marilyn's in Sainsbury's. Yvonne's in Sainsbury's. Let's all go to Sainsbury's. <laughs> Is there any particular Sainsbury's we should be looking at? I'm, I'm guessing Hollywood Exchange, but Forestside, Bangor, there we go. I love this. He says that today, this is my last thing. Today, salvation has come to this house. 
Close your eyes again as we finish here. That's a line. I want you to start to imagine. You know, faith, the Lord paints faith pictures in your head. Today, I want you to imagine that day where that person, that man, that woman, that kid, whoever it is, is standing with you with their hands raised in worship to the King of Kings, where their bodies are healed, where their situation is transformed, where the dynamic of their life looks entirely different, where there's a supernatural peace around them, where your relationship with them is restored, where all the years of hurt and pain disappear in a moment of his grace. And you'll say with us, today salvation has come to this house. Amen. Salvation, soteria, the wholeness and the healing of God has come in a moment of his grace. So Jesus, I pray over every person in this room, over every person that has come to our minds, you've brought to our attention this morning, Lord, it's because you're working in them. Lord, we pray grace this morning over those people. Father, we thank you that this week they're going to encounter situations and people where they're going to hear about your goodness. They're going to be caused to think about their life in a way that they've never done it before. Jesus, thank you for the opportunities that you've got to lay out in front of us, just to extend the love of Jesus to people. Father, we want to be on the move. Lord, we have received grace upon grace. Lord, we are so blessed as a church. The fullness of your message every week, Lord. A community of people committed to love one another and look after one another. Jesus is a safe place in here. But Lord, we want to be a people who are on the move to see your grace break through. For some of us, Lord, you know, we say no to the flesh and yes to your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that when it comes to our reputations and everything else, it doesn't matter, Lord. This is about eternity for men and women. Father, I thank you that there will be more breakthrough. I believe this, church. The breakthrough that you're looking for is normally found when you reach beyond and you extend, you pour out into somebody else. And in that moment, how the Lord fills you back up is amazing. As you pour out the love of God, I believe that it makes room for a a new and fresh expression of experience of God in your life because he loves you. You think your life doesn't count? Think again, called by the God of all to change eternity for men and women forever. Amen, isn't that good? Stand to your feet. Let's uh, get ready for communion. Are you encouraged this morning? Well, get up and say, I'm encouraged. Turn around to someone. You know, we don't have to be po-faced and uh, miserable. And uh, just turn around and say, well, that was a good message. I'm encouraged, all right? And if you're not, you're not. <laughs> so let, let's, take, uh, let's take this bread in our hands. And, uh, and believing right now, um, for everyone who's sick in this place, that for everyone who's online, uh, Tom there in Indiana and uh, Lillian in Bowie and people all over the place watching. Father, we thank you for our family abroad, Lord, and we speak love and blessing over them.
over the church today in Indiana. Father, we pray that they would have a wonderful experience of your presence and your goodness. A fresh revelation of Jesus and his love over you, Tom, over your family. Just had that sense to pray for you. Father, we pray for Tom and France. Lord, we thank you that you're our healer. Jesus, we thank you this morning that every bit of cancer in his body, we just rebuke it. We thank you for a new bone marrow growing. Lord, and we declare healing and health over him. Father, we thank you for what you've done in Lauren, Lord, as she's standing here this morning, Father. We say thank you that you're faithful, Lord. We thank you for such a great report from the doctor. Let's say thank you, Lord, and just say, Jesus, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Father, that uh, in the days and weeks to come, Lord, you're going to be just driving home that whole healing in her head, Lord. But we thank you for where she is today, Father. We thank you for what you've done. Lord, over everybody, I speak health. Over every mind, I speak peace. I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, the presence of your Holy Spirit, right now to bring health and wholeness as we take this bread, Lord, your body broken for us. Amen. Father, we thank you for the gift of your blood, your righteousness, given to us as a gift. Father, we thank you today. Do you know when, when I, every time I take communion, I say this one thing to myself, Lord, thank you. Every curse that ever stood against me or over me or in me is broken by the blood of Jesus. Do you get that? Every curse, sickness, lack, depression, any of it, every single curse that came and stands against me because of Jesus, I am healed and I am set free from it. You know, if the Lord set you free, what does the word say? He really did set you free indeed. So Father, we thank you that's because of your sacrifice, not because of our work or our performance, because that's just not enough. But Jesus, just one drop of your sacrifice for us has redeemed us forever. The Lord loves you, church. Drink and say, thank you, Lord.